Yeah, so thank you very much for coming on today. Yeah. Okay. Uh, can you tell me um, what do you go by? Um, I mean, there's like the username I do use for uh, our Discord right now, which is King Duck, but I'm good with Aaron too. Aaron? Aaron, yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, do you want me to re refer to you with your royal title or Aaron is okay? Okay, go both ways and go King Aaron, but King Aaron. I'm just good with King or no, uh, Aaron. <laughs> King is fine. No, 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 no. <laughs> you don't need to say Doctor. You can just say King. Um, and I see you have Samus shooting something on your wall. Oh yeah, that's it's actually my brother's over there because I room with him, but I also like Metroid, so works both ways. Yeah. Let me ask you something. Like, why aren't there any new Metroid games? Am I if I just missed something, or has there not been like a new Metroid game in like a decade? It's supposed to be like Metroid Prime Four, but they had to delay it for a while because of uh, something about restarting development for it. Interesting. But I am waiting on it. Yeah, because like Despite... there's like the last Metroid Prime was on like GameCube or something, right? It was on Wii. It was like 2007 or something. Oh, there was a Metroid Prime on on Wii. Interesting. I didn't know that, but still. Okay. Um, and Aaron, what are we talking about today? Um, well, I think the title says trust issues, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Yeah, that... I mean, the title can say whatever it wants to, but what do you want to talk about? You want to talk about trust issues? Yeah, I, I got some other little things. I tried to write them down and all that, but mainly trust issues. This I, I see you whatever. have some stuff written on your wall over there. Oh, yeah. These are, um, yeah, these are the homework that... Uh, I am far, very far behind on, but hey, it's it's worth the effort that I at least tried to put something up. Yeah, it is. That's I, I commend that, dude. It's it can be easy to fall behind, but remember, meet yourself where you're at, right? Yeah. Um, okay, so you said trust issues. So tell me what that means. Um, hard for me to put one hundred percent into words. Well, I try to at least, but. I guess it's just more so I, I used to think it was like other things like anxiety or depression or stuff like that. But I kind of noticed that they all seem to have roots and what I think are like trust issues for me with um, like the easiest example I can use right now, because I was actually interested in doing the coaching program and all that. But I noticed I kept chickening out before doing it because I was just like, I didn't uh, was a little too afraid to like share anything about that which is really ironic now that i'm like in front of what i don't know how many people are in this chat right now and i'm just like... i try not to pay attention <laughs> yeah isn't that funny yeah it's got me a bit nerve-wrecked but hey i was just like fuck it let's do it okay awesome man um so l let's talk about that for a second so you said you kept chickening out what does that mean um i just like i remember i was just like looking at it and it's hard to describe exactly but i just kind of like something with me just kind of like like a resentment or angry feeling kind of just like hit me and i was just like i don't know if i want to share anything that okay. personal with people or something okay so you said anger or resentment hit you so props to you for recognizing what that is Right. So the first thing I want to say, Aaron, is like, that's actually pretty impressive because I think a lot of times when we chicken out or resist things, 
we don't really understand like why we're chickening out or why we don't want to do something. We just we're like, yeah, I don't want to do that. And then mm. we just start going back. Right. And and so what were you so when you were so you signed up for coaching or you almost well, I, signed up? I, I tried to sign up, is what I'm kind of more so saying. Okay. And then when you would try to sign up, what would you you said anger, resentment, like what would you be angry about? Um do you remember your thoughts? I don't one hundred percent remember to be honest. I just remember that I was just like Maybe it wasn't even so much anger. I just didn't feel comfortable about doing it. I just felt. What made you uncomfortable? Um, like, suppose people wouldn't like care or something like that, or that I just get zoned out or something. Those people talk something because I I I'm a little broke right now, so I wasn't only be able to do the group meditation or or group. Why did I say meditation? Group therapy. Okay. <laughs> Coaching. Got it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we get that a lot of people are broke. So we offer, you know, support for people as best as we can. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not trying to like insult you guys or anything. But no, no. Just... I, I, I understand. <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't take it as a personal insult. It was more just to let other people know that like, we understand that our p primary audience probably doesn't have a job. Or not, I mean, I, that, that's sort of unfair to our audience. I think a lot of people do have jobs, but we recognize a lot of people don't. And mm -hmm. so we try to do what we can. Um, and so you said that you were afraid that those people wouldn't care. Something like that. It's, or that I might just get like zoned out. What does that mean, zoned out? That like other people's like other topics and... I apologize. This sounds a bit egoistic or something, but that I just kind of get zoned out. Everybody else's points would just be more interesting. Okay. That other people would be more interesting than you. Or just like, see, like for a good part of my life, I've always had a very like naturally quiet voice, not very loud. I just, all that. So I've always had trouble kind of having a higher or more raised voice a mouse voice if you want to call it or something like that where i just don't talk very loudly okay and so what i'm hearing you say is that growing up it sounds like it was difficult for you to be heard maybe yeah kind of how so kind of what 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 apply what's right about that and what's off about that um I definitely had points where I was like heard out or I was able to give my kind of input on stuff sure. like that. But sometimes I'd like, um, sorry, give me a minute. I'm just thinking. Good. Just sometimes it, <laughs> um, I'd probably just get like, actually, I don't want to order it. I really don't. I'm trying to think my best here, but. That's okay. Don't worry about it, man. It's all good, Aaron. Mm -hmm. um, so do you kind of feel like other people's issues would take precedence over your own? 
if you were in a group setting? Kind of, yeah. Or it's more so, it's a little bit of that, but it's also a little bit of the, I feel like I wouldn't want to like believe that my own issues or problems I deal with are more important than theirs. Interesting. That makes any sense. Sure. So what I'm hearing you do there is zone yourself out. Yeah, I could possibly say that, yeah. Like, right? Because you're kind of saying, well, maybe I'd get zoned out. Maybe people wouldn't care. Maybe I'd have trouble being heard. Because you mm -hmm. talked about your voice and how you have a mouse voice. And then you're doing something kind of interesting, Aaron, because like when I repeat back to you what you said, then you say, well, maybe it's because like my issues are, aren't actually as important as their issues. Or it's, I guess maybe it's also I just don't want to be rude and think that like whatever I'm putting up with or whatever is more important to another person's. Uh-huh. I'm going to toss out a word. Value. Value? What I'm seeing here is an issue of value. Like what I'm hearing you say... Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just... I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, I'm just going to toss that word out. We'll dig into it down the road if it, if it feels applicable. Okay. Can you tell me a little bit about um, what growing up was like for you, Aaron? Well, I suppose I've had a little bit of an definitely out of the ordinary, like, first, I'd probably say five years of my life or so. Um, due to, like, my parents' occupations, at the time i was actually born over in thailand in like a small country area in mm. that place and then um after that for probably the like the first few five years of my life i think i lived basically all over the asian continent kind of switching every six months to a year or so mainly though i lived most in china mm. and then after that um i moved we moved my family moved we were kind of like, my parents basically did missionary work, right? So like, we basically moved, we were broke when we got back in America. So we basically went to go live with my grandparents and my relatives when I was, when I lived there for about a year, a year and a half. To that, I moved to Las Vegas because my dad got a job there and um, basically lived there for, since I was seven until I was about 19 and now I'm in college you now here up in reno another place in nevada okay and and so what kind of job did your dad get in in las vegas you don't yeah remember? pastor okay so your pastor. dad's a pastor still yeah well not anymore but he used to be a pastor okay and so what was it yeah oh sorry i didn't cut you off no go for it my dad now does accounting hmm. or finance stuff okay and can you tell me a little bit about what it was like growing up with a pastor as a dad? Um, I mean, pretty fine, I guess. <laughs> I mean, my parents were very religious people, but... Were uh, or still are? They still are, but not in the traditional sense, I suppose. When my parents like did a lot of missionary work, they got really like 
screwed over by people in their own community and all that. How so? So, I don't know. Basically, as I like to put it, some religious people can just be assholes and all that. Mm -hmm. My parents were not those kind of people, but unfortunately, there were many who were jerks to them. And it's kind of also part of the reason they stopped doing missionary work. And then when my dad became a pastor at a church in Vegas, uh, the church he worked at kind of treated him like dirt. So, how so? We do that. Um, it kind of like at first it was kind of like fine for him working there, but then they basically started to just ignore him a lot and just kind of like not ever listen to his ideas or something like that. Basically, treat him like dirt, basically. And, um, yeah, my parents are still religious. It's just that they also have a lot of resentment towards the people in the actual community. Blame the people, not the actual thing itself or religion itself kind of deal. I realize I'm going off the tangent that's not even about me, but... <laughs> really? Interesting. Is it? Yeah. I mean, you're going off on a tangent about resentment having a small voice not being listened to and not being very valued what do you think about that i'm not 100 sure to be honest yeah it's kind of weird I'm not sure i'm i myself i'm not sure what to make of it um, I, I just think it's they're just remarkable parallels to the language that you use. Maybe it's just you're just it's like top of mind, so you're using those words. But you know, you said things like your dad wasn't listened to; he was mm -hmm. treated like dirt. So what I'm hearing is like almost that your dad could have had a mouse voice, and your dad seems to have resentment. Um, well, that's actually kind of somewhat true. My dad is also, I think I get it from my dad because my dad also has a very quiet voice too. I think you get a lot of things from your dad, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what was it like growing up with, so it sounds like your parents are like, you respect them a lot, actually. And like, they're, sounds like you think they're very good people. I definitely do. Um, I love my, both my parents very much. They've, both both of them, especially growing up, had pretty rough lives. So that's why I'm like, and of course they have their own problems because of that. But at the same time, they really wanted, because of their own rough growing ups, they really wanted for me and my two younger brothers to have a, try the best they can to give us a good life. And how'd they do? Pretty good. I'd probably only... It's it's hard for me to be a hundred percent honest about this, but I swore when I come on the stream I'd be honest about it full blunt. But okay. especially with my uh, my own um, my dad and all that, he, my dad had a okay. So a little quick backstory about this because the last thing I want to walk out of this is people thinking my dad's an asshat because he's not. He's a good person. It's just I hear that. Um, basically, when my dad grew up, he grew up with a family that fought a lot. Because I think he put up with a little bit of child, because his parents 
were both a nurse and someone else who was a truck driver who was just jobs that were basically out of home a lot, a lot, a lot. And because of that reason, he and his parents fought a lot and never got along ever. And my because of that reason, as a um, as he grew up and all that, he kind of did develop some pretty bad anger issues and all that. Mm-hmm. And yes, my dad's a really great person and I love him and respect him very much. But at the same time, some of his ugly issues he puts up with anger would sometimes show themselves. How would they show themselves? Um... Just a lot of like short-term anger. Sometimes if he was already in a bad mood, he would just blow up and yell a lot or get really angry. What did he get angry about? I don't know. It's... Uh... My dad's always had a kind of a philosophy on like life of just sometimes life t- life is tough and you just got to put up with it, which yes some, holds a certain amount of value I think at least. But so I don't know, Aaron. Now I'm 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 going to use the word confused, but I'm not really confused. So I'm I'm yeah. confused. So you I asked you how what would his anger? You said he had anger issues. And then yeah. sometimes you would blow up at you. And then I asked you, like, what would that be like? And then you said he has a life philosophy where he tells you to put up with crap. <laughs> I guess that makes no sense. Um, no, it makes a lot of sense. It's just you're skipping a couple of steps. So can you fill us in? Like, give it, it, does, does anything kind of stick out in your memory about just paint us a picture of what it was like? I, I guess I give. I think it might be better if I give some like specific examples. Beautiful. Um, let's see if I can think of one. Um, I remember um, one time we were we were we went out to go see a movie and all that, and my dad I think was already having a pretty like rough time that week or something like that. I don't know the whole story. How would you know that he's having a rough week? Kind of from what my mom would tell me. What would she say? My dad would... Well, my mom would be like, oh, he had some bad thing at his job or something happened like that. Like, as I was kind of saying before, he did put up a lot of resentment in jobs and stuff like that. Um, And just people being jerks to him or something. And so... My dad is... I want to just jump in for a second. Sorry to derail you. Yeah, go ahead. So it sounds like your mom would sort of rationalize or explain why your dad was being the way that he was. Kind of. Yeah. Okay. I'd probably say. Okay. Keep going, please. Um, anyway, um, we came back from the movie and then like, I don't remember the I don't 100% remember what caused it or whatever. But I just remember, like, we were leaving the movies, and my dad just got really pissed off about something. And then when we got in the uh, car, we were driving back. My dad just kind of went on a really angry rant the whole time, kind of having this whole "just do it" philo- uh, uh, the "do it" kind of thing, where he was just saying, like, um, if someone asks you to do something, if something like is tough, it doesn't matter. Just do it. Just do it all the time. Just put up with it. 
handle it or whatever. Man up. Yeah, man up. That's that's the best way to describe it. Yeah. Sometimes I think that man up is the male equivalent of when people tell women to like go into the kitchen and make me a sandwich kind of thing. <laughs> it's like the male equivalent of like what we tell men that is demeaning and rough is to man up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in, I'm kind of in agreement with that too. It's just and and so who was he talking about? Like when he would say that kind of thing, you should just you know man up. He, I think in a way he was kind of trying to say that to both me and my siblings because my two younger brothers with, were with me too in the car. We were all just going back or something from the movies. Were there t- times? So it sounds like he was speaking more generally. What was, as you yeah. said, ranting. So do you remember if, I mean, it doesn't sound like it was, like it sounded like you were the audience, but it wasn't directed towards you. Like it wasn't like you had done something or hadn't done something. I mean, in the past, as much as I'd like to say this never happened, this was the only case of this happening. It's happened before, right? I'm getting really angry. Sometimes some angers have been directed specifically to one person. Towards you? Sometimes, yes. Um, Sometimes I'd butt heads with him a lot because he had a very kind of tough minute up policy or not policy like just kind of idea policy is fine i I think it's an appropriate (laughs) word here (laughs) well i've always been like both have a quiet voice and i've generally been a very emotional person what does that mean um i don't know i don't really know what exactly caused it or if it's just something that's genetic with me or something but i've always been very a sensitive or emotional kind of person what does that look like um i cry easy um or well i try not to cry but uh i do tend to cry pretty easily um i can't i to give like kind of a video game example i'm like i'm literally terrified to play like five nights at freddy's or something like that because i the stuff freaks me out immediately okay like i just panic a lot okay um what is it that makes you cry? Um, can you share an example of this? Uh, I'm trying to think. I guess just generally... I'm pretty optimistic about a lot of things and I really hate it when I see people like in pain or always like fighting or yelling or something like that a lot. And it can sometimes make me just like freak out a lot and I never take a fun to it. Mainly drama. I probably see drama, anything that happens with drama, like drama related situations. You're you're very good with words. (laughs) Um, Okay, so it sounds like drama affects you pretty heavily. Yeah, that's why I really try to avoid it. But unfortunately, life is not always so nice with those kind of situations. Has any drama been going on recently in your life? Recently? Um, 
surprisingly, even with everything that's happening with COVID, not too much, actually. Okay. So is your I dad... Mean, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. So is has your dad ever... Um, has there ever been a situation where he was kind of telling you that, um, you know, you need to man up or you're too sensitive or anything like that? I'd have to give me a second to think of a specific example, but I can say there has been situations like that. Yeah, okay. Can you tell me a little bit about your mom? My mom. Um, like, do you want her life story? or? <laughs> sure. My mom... Um... My mom's always been a very um, hardworking kind of person. You know, like there's the term workaholic or something mm -hmm. like that. My mom's always been a pretty big workaholic. She's always trying to be best. And I, I kind of get it because my mom um, grew up in a very poor family. She was mm -hmm. from like parents who basically didn't even, like bar just barely finished high school and got unfortunately stuck with like a teen pregnancy and all that, all that yucky stuff and all that um and basically with her uh her and her parents were living off like my my grandpa from my mom's side of the family went to the navy and they were basically living off whatever money for that was coming from which was not a whole lot so she kind of grew up in very broke areas but my grandparents did try very hard to raise her well and i also immensely respect my grandparents a lot for a lot of the crap they went through too but okay. I think it's because of that reason that um, it's why my mom's such a big workaholic kind of person, because it's my honest belief that she's just really trying to, I don't know how to describe it, but like work her hardest to improve or not improve, um, do good, I guess. <laughs> how does it feel to be the recipient of her effort? Um, actually not really, it's not good or not bad. It's just kind of, all right. <laughs> I've always, okay. like, I don't want to devalue, like, what she's had to put up with and all that, but it's just been more of a, like, yeah. Okay. And so, how are you holding up, Aaron? I'm a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. I'd probably say this is probably the biggest amount of people I've been in front of. Are you in front of people? I mean, kind of, because there's Twitch chat. Love you are guys. You, are you looking yeah. at Twitch chat? No, no, no. Okay. I know. I'd probably get a little too panicky. Sorry, okay. guys. Yeah, I, okay. I try to ignore Twitch chat as best as I can. Um, just while I'm talking to someone. The rest of the time, I love them. I mean, I love them anyway, but I just can't give them my attention all the time. Twitch um, chat's amazing. Love these yeah. guys. So, hmm. So, I, I'm not really understanding so like when you say you have trust issues what does that mean i'm like afraid that trying to like even talk about more personal stuff or even it's gone to the point where sometimes if i just try to talk about normal stuff that um it's going to come back to or like i'm going to get like betrayed by someone or whatever or backstabbed you're afraid of betrayal. Or something like that, yeah. Have you been betrayed before? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can you tell us about that? 
Um, well, as much as I'd like to say it was only one time, I've had it happen to me a good amount of times. So, can you share one with us? Um, I when I was in middle school, I think it was, I had, um, I was not very good at picking friends. I just kind of like, because of my kind of meek nature and all that, um, I wasn't like. I trusted people way too easily. I kind of was like a little gullible about it or whatever. I'd just be like, oh, you're cool. I let you had the same interests as me. I'll be your friend without even knowing who you are. Um, and I met this one person, I won't give names obviously, but um, this one person who I befriended pretty quickly because I got along with him really well. Um, um, and I was friends with him for a while, and I still tried to stick through, even though when I was starting to meet some of his friends in a friend group and all that, they were kind of assholes. And I was like, but he's not like that, kind of had that mentality. Uh, and then I remember one day, I had kind of like, this sounds kind of really silly, but it was very personal to me at least, but I used to collect cards a lot, like Yu-Gi-Oh cards and stuff like that, as in that geeky stuff. <laughs> um, and um, I had a collection that I had built up over several years that was very kind of like, at this point, it was almost like a heirloom to me, <laughs> which is kind of funny. And uh, I remember when I was, I, my, that friend of mine had asked to borrow the cards for one day or whatever. And then um, he stole them from me <laughs> completely, which in the, in the end, it's just cards, but I guess you could say in a way to me, it kind of felt a bit more than just Yu-Gi-Oh cards because I had spent so much time collecting them and they were very like, at least to me, they were kind of important. Yeah. And when you say stole them from you, generally speaking, when people steal things from you, sometimes people have some kind of recourse. What did you do? Get to, can you tell me more? Like, so you said, I want to borrow them for a day. And you said... Sure, I was just, I kind of trusted him, so I was just like, go ahead. And then borrow. what happened? It was the next day, and I'd come back to him to ask him for the cards or whatever, right? And to my surprise, he was hanging out with this group of friends, and he was showing off the cards. And i like, yo, can I have my cards back and all that? And he's just like, he kind of just shot me kind of a blank look and be like, these are my cards. <laughs> Yoink mine now. You know what I mean? And... I kind of like got really a little upset about it. I'm like, I'm pretty sure those are my cards because there was some stuff about them that were, they're, they're, they were my cards. I could confirm for sure they were. And a lot of arguing between me and him about it. And then eventually I kind of just, I kind of broke into fucking tears about it. And yeah, just not fun. And do you remember how you felt like i can imagine there are a lot of reasons that you would break into tears or what what thoughts you had going through your mind no it's just i just felt like it was in a way, the first time 
that I'd ever been like really backstabbed like that. But at the same time, uh, I don't know. I can't word it exactly. It's just like, so that was like middle school and all that. And before that, when I was in elementary school, I had a really rough time through elementary school. I didn't really have many friends or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And I was bullied quite a lot too. <laughs> what were you uh, bullied for? So this, like I said, I had this situation where when I grew up, grew up a lot of the foreign countries mm -hmm. before I came to America, I mean, I'm a little bit, I have a little bit better now, but um, my, I flub up in my speech a lot because when you're, I, I kind of believe that like when you're in like a foreign country, especially at a young age and you're just in the vicinity of a lot of different languages, it can sometimes like mess with your mind as you're trying to learn. Mm -hmm. I don't know it. I only know it's English. Interesting way to explain it. Yeah. So I've always had like a, I don't know if you call them speech deficiencies or something, but my words, my words, my grammar structure of how I try to speak and all that don't always come out very coherent. And I kind of got picked on that a lot. I also just generally had other customs that were, as I like to call, not American that like I got what? picked up on. Um, I can't think of any. I just know it was like, something as that more than anything though i was right now i would consider myself a pretty big introvert but when i was a kid in elementary school i was a very extroverted person and also a very ju justicey person i don't know how you'd word that but righteous righteous yeah i never liked seeing like when kids would like play around like during recess or something like that i never liked seeing people get you know picked on or treated like dirt or something like that so i'd kind of be an asshole if i saw someone else being an asshole so i can remember okay oh sorry no go ahead, go ahead no no tell me like basically like you know people would play games or something and be waiting in line and if i saw someone getting like treated like shit or whatever i'd basically fuck with the game themselves let me tell you that did not make me very popular <laughs> Because I was like the kid who came in and basically ruined the game because they were being jerks to someone. And then, so it sounds like you pulled aggro. Pretty much. I I basically became a WoW tank in a way. Where I just uh -huh. like... And unfortunately that came to my dismay as I got it got to kind of pretty bad to the point where... Um, I pretty much in elementary school had three friends. And then if it, except for the exception of three friends, I think everybody, at least in my grade in the school, hated me and kind of just wanted me to not exist. <laughs> and I'd get bullied a lot, um, more, more verbally, but definitely a few times, you know, if I'd be walking around a race and someone would throw like a dodgeball, I mean, conk me in the back of the head. How did you it's feel not... about yourself? Not very good, obviously. I don't know. I mean, it's just, it, for me, it felt like I tried to do the right thing. I tried to like help the people who are getting treated wrongly, and now I'm basically being hated every by everybody for it. It was a really hard time. I think it hit me the most uh, when it when I was like in third grade because. 
I had a point in third grade where I was, we were playing one game and I had tripped over a backpack and broken my arm. And I was like trying to go to the nursery and I was trying to talk around to like kids and all that. Or like, hey, can you help me out? I don't know why my arm's broken. By the way, I was in tears while this was happening. And people kind of just blew me the hell off. They just kind of ignored me or, I mean, they could clearly see me. I was holding my arm like this and it was like bent like in a U shape. It looked fucked up. But uh, yeah, nobody really tried to help me with that situation. And I kind of just by myself walked up to uh, the nurse's office to get that shit figured out. But Sounds I, like I you remember manned that... up. Ouch, but you're right. <laughs> what hurts about that? Kind of a lot of things. Damn right. With my own dad and all that, I never really fully believed in the man up thing because I don't know. It just never sat right with me that sometimes I like in life, you just want to like, you know, curl up. <laughs> but when you also have yeah. to just put up this man up kind of thing, it sucks just as much. Aaron, you know what I think hurts so much about that? You know why you have to man up? Because no one else is going to. Because you're alone. When you've broken your arm and you're crying and clearly something is wrong, we think about manning up as a good thing. Right? Like if you walk down the street and you're like, yeah, like I manned up. I overcame my difficulties, I conquered the pain, and I walked to the nurse's office myself. It's a story of triumph. But in yours, yeah. it's like a story of abandonment. I definitely felt like that. I felt like that I was being left all alone. Yeah. So when you get hurt, who's there for you? Kind of just me. Yeah. I, I, I can almost kind of see that because I remember after that point in my life, anytime I'd ever get into some sort of injury or just hurt myself or tripped, you know, I always have like this strange reaction where I just immediately get up, brush it off and be like, it's fine. Nothing, don't worry about it. <laughs> so now we get to trust issues. So Aaron, I asked you earlier, what do you mean by that? Can I try to give you an answer? Sure. I have trust issues because there have been a few times in my life, or maybe even most times in my life, when I've been really, really hurt, no one has been there for me. And so now I don't know how to rely on someone to be there for me when I'm hurting. So maybe the reason that coaching is hard is because that's a place where you know you're going to hurt, and it's really hard for you to trust someone to be there for you. And so you chicken out. Because signing up for coaching is letting someone borrow your Yu-Gi-Oh cards. 
And I don't know if I'll get them back. Absolutely. Chicken out. Right? No, 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 no. My cards. Here you go. No, 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 no. My cards. I mean... There's more to the story, by the way, but let's just let you see what resonates about that. You buying what I'm selling or not Not a good fit? Probably say halfway. Some of it I do yeah. agree with. Some of it I don't. Totally. So we actually, it's because we're only halfway there. <laughs> Ready for the second half? Sure. Yeah. So when you get abandoned by its school... When someone takes your Yu-Gi-Oh cards, what happens when you go home? Well, I, I think I have the answer, but I don't like it very much. <laughs> Damn right you don't. Because I just try to play it toughly and just be like, well, that sucked. Just move on with it. <laughs> tell, me, tell me what happened. The day that you broke your arm, what happened when you went home? Don't give me conclusions. Tell me what happened. Do you remember? Well, it was first... First, because I went to a nurse's office. At first, they kind of thought it was something else or whatever. They didn't think it was my arm was broken or whatever. But once Who's they? Figured they? That out, the nurses, the school nurse, whatever. And um, they had a... Uh, they called my parents, um, and I went with them to the hospital, and... You basically got the confirmation of his broken arm and all that shit. And I mean, there's not much else to that story. That's just kind of what happened. What did your, do you remember what your parents said or did? Um, it was kind of weird. Well, not weird, but like they were definitely very uh, sympathetic about the situation. They just like, okay. that really sucks. Yeah. Okay. What about the Yu-Gi-Oh cards? Not so much, I guess. Because I guess to most people's eyes, it just, and I don't even blame people for it, but to most people's eyes, it's just cards. It's like this materialistic thing that doesn't really matter. Really. So what did they say or do, Aaron? Did they I don't even remember. know? They, I don't think they even knew exactly. I don't know if I ever told them. I could I could not be remembering it, but okay. Why don't you think you told them? I guess I just didn't think it'd matter. You didn't think it would matter. You didn't think it would matter. Or well, not matter, but like you didn't just think it would make a difference, or just generally be important. <laughs> it wouldn't be important to them. Hmm. What do you think your dad would have said if you had told him? Not what do you think now? What did you think back then? What do you think you thought? I would have thought that like... My dad would have probably just said like, that's just kind of how assholes are and you shouldn't like trust him. And that's why you just got to be careful with trusting people. Mm-hmm. 
policy of man up. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, sort of, I think. <laughs> but I'm hearing that your parents were actually quite sympathetic to you. That They wouldn't have just told you to man up. Maybe they yeah. wouldn't have seen the value, but yeah. A lot of my own dad's like more man up -y kind of things would come more so whenever he's angry or something mm -hmm. like that. If it's It was always so weird because my dad is was always a very wise and usually pretty chill person it's just it's almost like whenever he got angry he would become like a different person in a way mm -hmm. where he was just angry quick to just emotionally fire off or something like that what would uh, my dad who whenever he was like calm or something like that would just be um this really awesome guy generally just give some okay. good life advice and all that yeah it sounds like you like I said earlier, you love and re you respect your parents a lot. Mm -hmm. Do you protect them? I'd probably say so, yeah. I don't... To be honest, this is probably like the first time I've been honest talking about any issues. With, except for like other members of my family. It's probably the first time I've ever talked about any issues I've had with my dad or anything like that. How does it feel to talk about it? A little relieving, I guess. Guilty? <laughs> also feel a little guilty, because I'm like, in the back of my head, I've kind of got this fear. It's like, I'm worried, like, that my dad may not react nicely if he ever, for whatever unbelievable reason, if he found out about this or something like that, that he would not react very good to it. How would he react? Pretty badly. My dad's not very good about criticism. He has a bit of an, he does have a bit of pride with him or a bit of an ego. When you say so, not badly, what do you imagine he'll do? It could go two ways. In the past, at least, he's always reacted two ways, which is either get really angry about it or yelly about it. Or sometimes my dad's just sometimes locked himself up and hid away in a room somewhere and just kind of like, wouldn't be honest about his emotions. I've always kind of had that issue with him because sometimes if we ever offered him something we didn't agree with him or, or whatever and been like, well, we don't think you're doing this right, he would get very emotional about the situation and just hide off somewhere. Sorry, Aaron, I made a little mistake. Well, I glanced over at Twitch chat for a second and there's one thing that popped up. Can I share it with you? I just saw literally one message. And then you were talking about, you know, we were saying like, okay, what would your dad, you know, how would he react? And then you were describing what he would do. And someone in Twitch chat was like, tell him to man up. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't take criticism well. He goes, hides away in a room. Tell him to man the fuck up. <laughs> it might be slightly effective, but it might also not turn out so well. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's just that's why Twitch has great. Um, okay, Aaron. So I'm going to share a couple of thoughts with you. So mm -hmm. I think um, so. I'm going to sketch out a few options. Oh, actually, hmm. can you tell me? Or, or actually, one. Excuse me. 
one last thing. So you mentioned that earlier you felt like you had anxiety and depression, but then you later realized that those are trust issues. Like you said that at the very beginning. Do you remember that? Yeah. Can you tell me what you, like, tell me about that. Like, what do you mean by anxiety? What do you mean by depression? And how did you decide that those are trust issues instead of anxiety or depression or trust issues were at the root of your anxiety and depression? I somewhat think they're the root, but I'm not even 100% sure myself for all the, sure. all so I just, know, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go, go, you go ahead. Okay. Um, I know for a good amount of my life, uh, I've had really bad social anxiety. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time talking to people. And I also have really bad depression where sometimes I uh, get into really bad mental ruts, have panic attacks, you know, the fun stuff. Okay. Uh, how long has that been going on? Probably since middle school or so. Ever since the Yu-Gi-Oh cards? Not just that. Um, I'd probably more so say since eighth grade, which was a little bit after. But what what happened in eighth grade? Um... I kind of became, after that whole incident had happened, I became even more kind of like insecure, I guess, about not knowing who to trust or whatever. Mm-hmm. It sounds weird. It's, it sounds like weird, but it actually kind of made me more like wanting to find a good friend that I could trust. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which made me all for, which actually kind of backfired and made me become even more gullible for relationships mm-hmm. or I remember I had worked at cafeteria a job at my middle school and all that. And um, there was a group of people that hung out there a lot or no, not a group of people, like my coworkers or at the cafeteria aid. And I was just kind of so desperate to get a friend that I started trying to befriend those people in there. They were not very good people. <laughs> that's the, that's the foreshadow. But um, what happened? Uh, They kind of made me peer or more so peer pressured me, I guess, into start stealing stuff from like food stuff from the cafeteria area. I don't ever think stuff like stealing or whatever is good or anything like that, but I was just so afraid that like <laughs> that uh, that word does come back, the feeling of getting abandoned or betrayed or something like that that i just was willing to steal pretty much and i of course at that time i remember at that time i really my brain really tried to justify it being like it's okay to do this because well the lady who's in charge of us is an ass (laughs) but in reality what i was doing was not right and i kind of felt really awful about it all the time i also sorry if you wanted to make it I also had a pretty good friend of mine at the time. Um, once again, I won't say names and stuff, but she was a good friend of mine, but also had like a lot of issues with her own family and whatnot. And I really tried my best to be a good friend to her and all that. But eventually she started having a crush on me and all that jazz. And I just didn't want to really be in a relationship and it caused a lot of drama because of that situation. 
are you um, comfortable with your sexuality, Aaron? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm very much straight. Don't worry. I'm just <laughs> at the time I was like had so many things going on in my mind at the time that I couldn't like. Did you hear me ask about what your sexuality was? No, sorry. <laughs> no, I, I'm just. I, I mean, uh, I I I know that's not what I asked. What I was wondering is what you heard, but I, I think it's just take that. I was just curious if you felt comfortable with it. Um, yeah, whatever it is. Um. Hmm. Okay. I'm going to share a couple of thoughts. Okay. So okay, Aaron, I, I get the sense that, you know, a lot of what we've been talking about, we're like halfway there. Right. So that's, that's what I've been mm -hmm. feeling from you is that they're really the closest that we've ever really gotten to being a hundred percent. There was, I don't even remember exactly what we were talking about, but there was one point where you said that hurts. And I, I think it was something about you having your arm broken or Oh yeah, like like that you were that manning up is I, I think the closest that we got to it was manning up is necessary because you're alone. Like manning up isn't a good thing. Manning up is a like you're sensitive, you're extroverted, you're looking for a connection, you want friends. And when life teaches you that all of those things fall apart, like manning up is the only option that's left. That's the closest I think we've gotten to like something that you really resonated with. What do you think? I agree. I, I probably have deeper stuff. It's just when we go, it's kind of that thing you go deeper into the person's psyche and it becomes a bit more not pleasant, kind of dark. Yep. So we're going to, we're going to do that now, but I'm going right. to do it in a way where I, I hope it'll, I'm going to do it with your intellect and not your emotions. If you get emotional, that's cool. You're welcome to cry if you feel like it. No big deal. I'm going to pers uh, purposefully not ask you about that stuff. I'm, I'm going to point you... out... Huh? So I'm fine if you want to push. It's just... Yeah, I probably will get more emotional about the situation. I don't think you're actually going to get more emotional if I push. And I'll explain to you why in a second. Okay. Um, so let's start with parallels. Uh, actually, oh, hold on. Let me. Can I just think for a second? Yeah, go ahead. Let me go think ahead. about how to. Okay. Here we go. Okay, so oh you're you're allowed to dispute any of this stuff. Okay. So are you feeling yeah. nervous? It's not. It's like you're not going to cry, man. Don't worry about it. It's, like, it's going to be fine. You're going to be good. Okay, so I'm going to start with some parallels. So, you know, we talked about anger and resentment is what you felt when you kind of thought about signing up for coaching. You said those people wouldn't care. They would have zoned you out. They wouldn't have listened to you. You also said that other people's problems may have been more important than you, your own. Who are you to monopolize? You doing okay? You seem nervous. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, I'm always nervous. So. <laughs> okay. So that other people's problems may be more important than you, yours. So there are like actually a lot of really interesting parallels with like what you chose to share about your dad. So I'm not saying that you guys are like clones of each other or anything like that, but it's just when you talk about your dad's experiences, like all that shit is still is there. So 
you know, being betrayed by the church, sort of not being taken seriously when he had opinions, being taken advantage of, you know, like working really hard in like parts of Asia. And then it sounds like not really being, you know, recompensed appropriately, being taken advantage of, getting his Yu-Gi-Oh cards taken away, you know, not being valued, potentially having a mouse voice himself, feeling anger, feeling resentment sort of telling himself that he needs to man up because there's no one for him. Like, I don't know if we're talking about him or you. Like, the point is that, like, for whatever reason, in this conversation, which could just be an outlier or coincidence, there are a number of remarkable parallels between you and your dad. Now, I'm not saying that you guys are the same. I think you guys are actually very different. No. Um, Sorry, go ahead. Yep, go ahead. Um, I'd probably, I kind of do somewhat agree that I do share some similarities to my dad, just kind of overall personality and whatnot. Okay. That's all I say that. Okay. So the, the next thing that I just want to talk about more generally is we get a lot of conditioning from our parents. We get conditioned in ways that we don't even realize. And like, they teach us like how to react and respond to situations. Sometimes it's a rant in the car on the way home from a movie, but oftentimes it's like little subtle things, like making justifications or rationalizing why bad things happen to you or giving people excuses out of a sense of compassion or understanding for mistreating you. Would you say your parents do that, that you give, that they give people a pass based on an attempt to be compassionate or try to understand their situation. It's somewhat, yeah, I kind of say that. I mean, my parents were always both the, they were very tough love people. Like they cared and they really wanted to help me out, but they were also very tough on me and my siblings and kind of gave us a sense. I feel like, while they did try their best to let us be a naive about a lot of the bad things in the world, they also were trying to very quickly get us ready. Okay. So did they teach you how to, that's actually different from what I was expecting to hear. Did they teach you how to not trust? More, more kind of like taught that like, that you kind of have to be careful with some people like there are good people legitimately, but if you're not careful, there are definitely people who do awful things for no reason. Okay. Okay. So I want to just table this idea of like conditioning. So I think we get a lot of conditioning from our our parents. So I, I know like one example from my life is that my grandmother used to like freak out and be paranoid about like certain kinds of mildly dangerous activities. Like if I was waving my stick around, like a stick around, if I was playing outside with a stick and I was waving it around, like she would be afraid that I'd like poke my eye out, which is like theoretically possible, you know, but in the grand scheme of things, a lot of kids play with sticks a lot of times. And most of the time, most people have two eyes. So like it happens quite rarely. And then what I realized some time ago, my wife pointed it out, this out to me, is like, I do the same thing. Where it's like, I just have this automatic reaction when I see my kid running around with a stick. And I'm like, oh my God, don't like put the stick down. Don't run. No running with sticks. There's a new rule in the house. 
no running with sticks. And and you kind of do it like really automatically and you don't even realize that you're doing it. But there's a lot of stuff that we do, which we'll get to in a second. I think there's a lot of stuff that you do, which is kind of interesting, which we don't realize because we were taught. Now, on a surface level, this could be not trusting people. It could be the idea of manning up. It could be don't let yourself be a sensitive person. It could be you know, you really have to advocate for yourself because no one, like, like when your dad says you have to man up, what I'm also hearing from him is that like, there's no one in this world for you except yourself. You can't trust other people. Like I, I can imagine that if I listened to one of his rants, I would hear that message underneath it. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. Uh, okay. So the next thing that I want to get to is like halfway. So most of the things that I'll present to you, Aaron, you'll say are halfway, which is like completely reasonable, right? Because what are we going to, what are we going to figure out in an hour? Mm-hmm. I mean, if we're halfway, like that's pretty good. And so at the, at the end of the day, I, I feel like there's always something kind of like missing, right? Like it's not a complete picture. There's something that's a little bit off. And what I want to get to is defenses and justification. Throughout this conversation, there have at least been four or five times where I've heard you make excuses for other people. So, like, there are times where you'll defend your dad. You did it really explicitly. Um, there, there are even things, like, it's interesting because when you f- start talking about your mom and your dad, the first words that come out of your mouth is they had really bad upbringings. And you tell us about their upbringing. And it's interesting because what you're doing in that moment is you're laying a foundation for protection, defense. And I would, I would almost say forgiveness, but I don't think forgiveness. And I think that's part of the problem is that like you give them excuses preemptively because you're like a compassionate and understanding person. Oh, like mom is a workaholic. Like I think there's another shade to her being a workaholic. There's a dark shade to her being a workaholic, right? Cause workaholic is not like a positive term. But like we hear you protecting at the beginning and then we hear like a workaholic and then we never hear the downside. And maybe there isn't one. Maybe I'm, and that's for you to figure out. But like, yeah. If I I can make a slight comment, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah, my mom does have bad workaholism and because of that, she very much easily stresses herself out a lot. She can become very emotionally stressed about situations. Yeah, sure. So, Just so like I, random. <laughs> I think I think there's even something left unsaid there, which is like, what does that do to you? Which I, I don't know that we need to get into right now, but like, it, it's interesting because you kind of like you set the story of like, here's their excuse. Here's like sort of a a bland but authentic representation of like something about them that is like difficult or challenging, like workaholic anger issues. But then we don't hear anything about you. Like there's no, like, and and that sort of makes sense. I've sort of asked you or given you an opportunity a couple of times, which I'm not trying to paint your, your parents to be dad, bad people. And like, there's a fork in the road there. Like either your dad like yelled at you and was abusive, but it doesn't sound like he was like that. sounds like he was a pretty good guy. It sounds like he was a good dad. He tried really hard to teach you important things and, you know, cares about you, loves you very genuinely. 
Like when you broke your arm, he didn't blame you for it or anything like that. Took you to the hospital, was sympathetic. Sounds like a good dad. And so at the same time, in all of your stories, Aaron, I'm not sure if there's nothing really there or you're kind of skirting around some kind of negative space. I I probably could say, I'm, without me even even being aware of it, that I might be skirting. Might be, right? So we don't know, because that's a, that's a hard hypothesis to falsify. So this is like one of the downsides of like doing this kind of formulation or like w- what a lot of therapists will do is like, I can say something to you that you can never disprove if I choose to believe it. Right? If I say like, oh, you're just like, it's really, really suppressed. And then I keep on asking you questions and we never get there. And I'm like, oh, it's just, it's just really deep down, man. It's really like, how do we know? So that's just something for you to think about. But I do think that there's enough of a pattern here. So then you also kind of said like, you also rationalized your flubbing up of language, which is really weird. And you're like, I kind of misspoke. And I think it's because when kids grow up bilingual, like whatever. So that actually is the most telling to me. This is why I think there's negative space there because sometimes kids' language development is just like, it just takes time. Like kids are different. People are wired different. They have difficulty with language. And what I'm hearing you do there is try to come up with a rational explanation for something that was hurtful. Like it hurt to be made fun of and you had to come up with a reason like so that like if you could make sense of it, it hurts less. It's not that there's something fundamentally wrong with you. It's that you happen to grow up in this circumstance which tampered with your language and so, like, the reason they made fun of you is kind of invalid because you have this excuse because you grew up in this particular situation. And it just hurts less if you have a good reason for what happened to you. I, you seek explanations for deficiencies. And then, like, there's this weird thing that you keep on doing with the Yu-Gi-Oh cards, which is that you're like, yeah, like, I, I wouldn't even blame them if they thought it was stupid. Like you say that it hurt me and then you also just like go back and watch the video, but you talk about how like it's okay for people to not take you seriously after you put together this Yu-Gi-Oh collection, some dude borrowed it and then like didn't give it back to you. And there's a, there's a part of you that's like, yeah, that's clearly hurtful. And you even said like they mean a lot to me, but then you also have this weird responsive dialogue of like, I wouldn't blame them. Like I didn't even tell my dad because like he wouldn't understand and I wouldn't blame him. There's something really actually like, this is a strong word, but I can't come up with another one. Cancerous about that process. There's something like that really rubs me the wrong way. And and this is where I think you said this kind of beautifully. You said, you know, like you wanted more friends and then like, so your solution, your antidote to the problem actually became like a bigger problem. Yeah. And I think I think that's what this weird rationalization thing is. I think that's why it's like hard for you to articulate some of this stuff because something in your mind, and I suspect your parents, you learned this from your parents, you learned how to like justify things. You learned how to rationalize things. You learned how to invalidate your own experience or even set it aside because of all of these other factors. You don't have to feel hurt. It's not like you were actually incompetent. You flubbed up your language because you grew up in a different country. Oh, like your your mom being a workaholic and stressing things out and like not reading you a bedtime story or whatever, because I suspect there's something of that line in there. 
because she was a workaholic, you understand she was a workaholic. And it's because she's a workaholic that what she did to you doesn't hurt. It's not her fault. And that means there's nothing wrong with you. Right? Because if she, if she doesn't have an excuse, then the way she treats you hurts way more. If she had a wonderful upbringing and, and she made you feel a certain way, and you don't have a way to rationalize her behavior, then that feeling becomes truer. And now we get to like the last thing, which is possibly the most helpful and possibly the most incorrect, which is that I think there's a possibility that this whole thing about feeling righteous and tanking aggro is back. I don't think they disliked you because you ruined games. I think you were deathly afraid that they fundamentally disliked you. And so you might as well do something that gives them an excuse to feel about you the way that they do. Because if they dislike you and you don't fuck up games, then you're just a terrible person. But if you screw up games... Then you give them an excuse to dislike you, and then it hurts less. I don't think they treated you like crap because you, th you screwed up games. I think you felt like crap, which is why you acted out in such a way to like give them a reason to feel that way about you. It's almost like self-harming myself i guess absolutely because if you can give them a reason to dislike you then there isn't fundamentally something wrong there's a reason there's a rationalization there's a justification for you having no friends when you screw up all the games but if you have no friends and you're not screwing up games boy is that hard to say so it's almost like i'm trying to like run away from the true feelings because maybe like I'm afraid of them or something. Yeah. So I think the feelings are there. You're trying to come up with a justification for outside people so that they can feel a particular way about you. Because if you give them a reason, like just think about this, right? There's two scenarios. One is that everyone in school hates you and you're not doing anything wrong. That hurts. Boy, does that hurt. And then the second option is everyone hates you and it's because you always ruin the games. It's like literally why kids act out, right? Like when people feel unloved, they start doing things that are almost like self-fulfilling prophecies. And this, I think, comes down to value. Where somewhere along the way, like, I don't think you, and it's bizarre because I do hear you valuing yourself. It's not standard. I don't think it's like an all the time kind of thing. But somewhere along the way, I'm hearing notes of just like your sense of your own value is like, I don't know what it, what you think about yourself. I, I think, the, I'm, I'm just trying to think in my head about it, but I think it's like, I feel like I value myself but I still feel like I value a lot of other people over me. Yep. Kind of like that. Like I still have this value about myself, but there's, I feel like 
maybe not even so much value, but just I feel like there's more importance to others around me than me. But that can become really toxic really quick. I realize this. Yeah, and either way can become toxic, right? Because if you don't value other people enough, then you can become narcissistic. But in your case, I would just start, honestly, Aaron, I would start by being careful about giving other people justifications and excuses. Because something interesting happens there, which is like, if you give someone a reason to behave a particular way against you, you can never forgive them. Because it's not their fault. Your mom was a workaholic because she grew up in these circumstances. It's not her fault that she did X, Y, or Z. And we haven't been able to uncover what the X, Y, or Z is. It's not your dad's fault that he's like angry and resentful because the church did this to him and he was betrayed. Yeah. Can I make a quick note? Yeah. I'm just saying this because I can feel them happening to me. But every time like I feel like I'm just noting them as I'm kind of feeling them as they're coming. But I'm noting that I like... Every time it seems that, like, to someone who I do actually care about, whether they were right or wrong, I feel like this immense amount of, like, emotional pressure to say something to defend them. Yep. You're damn right you do. You just mentioned there, like, X, Y, Z about with my mom or something like that. And I felt like this immediate feeling to be like, well, this or well, that or something like that. Yeah, good. So, so... Good. So let's, so I think that's, that's why everything has been 50% correct. Because that impulse that you have prevents you from seeing the rest of the picture. So the question is, why do you have that pressure? Where does that come from? Um, Sorry, I might, I'm trying to really think this. Good, think, think about it. We may not get there. This could be as far as we go today, which is plenty far. I... It feels like I know there is something that causes that feeling with me, but I... That's okay. I have a hard time trying to remember or think of what it is. That's that's perfectly fine, Aaron. I, I think this is good enough. So, so I, I think it's awesome that you even caught it in that moment, right? So the more that you catch that reaction, it's kind of like that reaction starts in your subconscious and digs its way to the surface of your conscious mind. And what you have to do is, first of all, you have to realize it's happening. And then what you can start doing is the more you catch it, then you can start the process of like following the tunnel back down underground. Like you're going to see what is it that evokes in me a need to defend my parents. I think I got it kind of maybe. That was fast. Okay. Well, no, I think I might have a, idea to it go ahead i think it might be a feeling of fear of what a fear of like 
it could potentially be someone getting me angry at me or someone or something or a fear that I'm going to mess up someone personally as their life or just them as a person in general. That you're going to mess someone up? Kind of. It's like, so I'll try to rationalize it with like my parents or something because they're the one I keep seem to de uh, defending the most, right? I had this like fear that like, and it's really irrational, but like if I don't give some kind of defense, if I don't like protect them in some way, that they're just going to look like awful people or that they're just going to be uh, or that like if in any weird case my parents find out or something like that that they may not react very nicely to it it's it's this kind of feeling of being afraid about it yeah i understand that you're afraid of something so i think that's a step closer right but if you didn't defend them what would we walk away from this conversation thinking about your parents that they were abusive when they were not. And why is it really important for us to not believe that? Right? You're trying really hard to make sure we don't think that. Because it's, for me, it's, it's just so, like these really mixed feelings. Like, sure. So Aaron, let me ask you the question in another way. Let me just think about how to phrase this. Yep, go ahead. So, you know, there's a there's a good quote from one of Shakespeare's plays. I forget which one it is, where he says, me doth think he protests too much. I think I may have butchered the quote. Do you know what that quote means? That that person says too much, maybe? So that he refutes it too strongly. So like the things that we refute too strongly, like if I'm out on a quest to make sure that everyone understands that I'm really, really smart, what do I believe about myself? That you're smart? Maybe? Nope. The opposite. Oh. Uh, that you think you're really dumb. <laughs> yep. Or I'm afraid that I'm really dumb. And if I can convince the rest of the world that I'm smart, I don't need to worry about it. And so if we extrapolate out to you, I think one of the things that you really struggle with is that sometimes it sounds like your parents really didn't treat you very well. And that you felt hurt and you're sensitive and you cried. And that you feel really, really bad with the idea that they aren't good parents. And so, like, yeah. you have to make sure that everyone understands. And it's, it's kind of like the other way I can ask you is, like, who are you trying to convince? Us or yourself? Maybe myself. And the truth of it is that I don't think you had all bad parents. I think your parents, like I said at the beginning, it's clear to me that you love and you respect your parents and they try to really do their best and 
They've really adapted to changing circumstances. And I think that you have feelings towards them in which you felt really, really abandoned. I think it's kind of interesting that you were in middle school and something you cared about a lot and something that valued to you, you didn't even mention to them. And I think the reason you didn't mention it is because maybe you knew how they would react. Okay. Can I be honest? Can I tell a story about my dad that yeah. I was too afraid to tell at first because I was really bent on trying to do that rational thing, the protect thing. Sure. That I was a little tough about not telling at first. I think it was like the time I've, you know, it was actually not too long ago either. It was probably about at least two, three years ago or so. But it was probably one of the times I've seen my dad get the angriest. And the worst part about the situation is that I didn't even know why he was angry. Like, I never found out the reason for why he was angry. But I remember it was like later at night, 9 or 10 p.m. In, um, sorry. <laughs> uh, I was just relaxing and all that. We were all fine and all that stuff. And then my parents supposedly were out on a dinner date together, which sounds nice. <laughs> but uh, I remember I never really went out to see what happened after the aftermath of everything. But I just remember that when my parents came home, my mom was, my mom was panicking a little bit and freaking out when my dad gets really angry my mom will probably try to be stuff like go stop stop hey what are you doing don't don't know like kind of like that and basically what had happened is that my dad um i want to say oh no crap i caught myself i started doing the rational judgment um but i just remember my dad came into the house and started just smashing things like materialistic things I mean, it was pretty bad. He basically knocked down all the picture frames we had. He, like, broke our TV. He just started... I could hear it, too. It was just a lot of glass breaking and all that. And he was just basically going ham everywhere. Sorry, I'm a little... Um, it was terrifying. It was terrifying for me, and it was terrifying for my brothers, too. I was trying to calm them down in the situation because we didn't even know why he was angry. We were too afraid to literally leave the room. Or, or our, our room, right? But for some reason that night, my dad was just really pissed off. And his anger was like to the point, like I said, he broke TVs, he broke pretty frames, and we even had a sliding door to our backyard, and he shattered that thing. And... I think if I can fully say without trying to rashly judgment, that plus just many of the other times with me growing up and all that. Sorry. I kind of had this big overwhelming feeling like essentially saying this shit again. Do you know what I mean? Where it's just like, I've seen my dad get so many uh, angry so many times um, through my life that just hearing him get um, angry again and like also it being like one of the worst times too, I was just kind of fed up with it. I almost wanted to fight my own dad and stuff like that and start trying to do that really stupid man up thing, but I know I'd just lose that battle if I tried to do it. 
and I was just so upset with him. I just didn't know what. When you get sometimes just this really emotionally upset and whatnot, sometimes he won't even fucking tell us what it is. Sometimes he'll just get angry, and just one night he'll just he just gets in a pissy mood, like that one night, and break a lot of shit, and then. The next day, he'll try to rationalize it and be like, oh, well, just this thing or that thing without telling us the reason he was even angry in the first place. He's like, I just had a fight. What was especially scary about that is my, at that point, um, I, I think it was a fight between my mom and dad, more so. But at that point, um, my, when we were talking the next day, because my dad was trying to talk and try to rationalize the situation for him, he almost threatened or like was on the verge of divorcing my mom. And that really fucking hurt when I heard that. <laughs> and I've just, of course there's a certain amount of me that wants to defend my dad, but holy shit, he's done some bullshit to me and my sibling, my, my younger brothers who I do very much care about. That just makes me want to be like, why the fuck haven't you gotten your shit figured out when you're like 40-something years old? Sorry. Why do um, me and my siblings have to put up with your angry tirades our whole life when we already have our own shit going on? Just feels really unfair. I'm already putting up with shit in school and all that, and uh, I'm having all these issues with trust issues and stuff, and sometimes I don't know if you're just gonna blow up at me or something, or for doing something I didn't even think that was that wrong. Just really fucking sucks. Because sometimes it does feel like, as much as I love him, I feel like I'm sometimes living with a ticking time bomb. That at any moment will fucking explode in my face by doing some, me doing something that I didn't even think would cause it to blow up. I may miss the mark here a little bit, but is there a part of you that wonders, why do you do this to us? What do, you, what do you mean by that exactly? Like, like, is there a part of you that wonders, like, why your dad does this to you? Like, why, why are you this way? Like, kind of along the lines of you're like 40-something and why can't you have your shit figured out? Because we're struggling, and then you're piling this on top. Like, why do you do this to us? Why can't yeah. you just man up? Okay, so, Aaron, mm. how do you feel? Yeah. I feel kind of tight, to be honest. Tight? 
tight, maybe a little relieved. I don't know. I'm a little... It's fine to feel tight. You don't have to feel relieved, bro. I just felt like in that little moment there, I kind of just like... Instead of just trying to rationally judge something, I almost mm -hmm. didn't. Yep. And look what happened. What did you find underneath? A lot of shit. Yep. <laughs> A lot of shit. So Aaron, if for those of people who are watching, this is what getting underneath your defense mechanisms looks like. Right? There's a lot of stuff swirling around inside you, Aaron. And I don't know how to say this, bro, but if you have a ticking time bomb for a father, you might have trust issues. What does that mean? I don't even fucking know what trust issues means, but I'm pretty sure it means some amalgamation of Yu-Gi-Oh cards and ticking time bombs. And whether trust issues is a ticking time bomb. Who's the next friend who's going to take your Yu-Gi-Oh cards away? I can start this coaching process, but what happens week three, week four, week five? When they start posting all my dirty laundry over all of my social media. There may be all kinds of fears, but it sounds like trust issues to me. I think that's a good way to put it. And Aaron, you don't have to feel great yet. I mean, I, I think you just, you know, you jumped into the sewer, so you're not supposed to feel queen. But the good, huh? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm just saying you're like, yeah. You're kind yeah. Of... And at the same time, I, I think you should give yourself a pat on the back because like, I think that stuff has been, you've been carrying that shit around, bro. You've been carrying it around for, sounds like 19 years. I don't get much of an opportunity to really talk about. And I think it is some of that just kind of man up philosophy that has been kind of almost ingrained in my brain against my will, pretty much. Yep. That. That's what we call conditioning. And I, I think there are other notes in there, flavors. I'm going to describe your emotional experience like a wine. There's a sense of powerlessness, to be sure. A sense of wanting to stop it. Huddling in your room with your two brothers while there's chaos downstairs and wanting to go down and putting a stop to it. Knowing on some level that there's a lot of hurt distributed amongst a lot of people and he's the cause of it. That you blame him for it. And then there's the guilt for feeling all of the above. And I think I also just feel a lot of guilt when those situations occur that I could have done something, but because of just legitimate fear and my fear of confronting the situation or whatever, that I feel a lot of guilt from that because I could have done it, but chickened out. And then I promised myself, I swear, next time if something like this happens again, I'm really going to actually do it and like actually try to, you know. Next time it's going to be different. And then it never is. And it, feels really shitty every and, time and so when you're someone who promises yourself next time i'm gonna 
be stronger and next time rolls around and you aren't stronger, what do you start to think about yourself? I'll never be better. <laughs> hey. So I said some time ago that this smells like value to me. There are people more important than me. Why would my shit, why would it be fair to monopolize a group with my shit? Right, but it's not that they're worth more. And then you got to be careful because you were raised by missionary parents. So there's also like a very positive aspect of like putting yourself last and putting other people first. You've got, it's a tricky cocktail that you have there of being very disappointed in yourself and not, and thinking that you're a weak person deep down. For the, for the few people who are like friends of mine and whatnot, because I've basically put up with a lot of crap and not being valued very much, right? I've always tried to, at least with friends and stuff like that, to try to really treat them very well. Which, it's great and all, but sometimes with friends, like, if a situation arises where I don't agree with them or I think that there's something wrong or whatever... I kind of just don't confront it, really. It's a hard thing for me to understand, but I just, in those situations, I don't end up saying anything to them. Okay. So I think that's a different... I mean, in a sense, it's the same can of worms, but in, in, a sen in another sense, I think it's a whole different conversation. Yeah, yeah, obviously. <laughs> you know, so so I, I think that, like, there's the same notes there about, like, what are you afraid in terms of their reaction? I think we've sort of hit on, you know, pieces of it, like a, a fear of how they're going to react, a fear that they're going to abandon you, a fear that they won't like you. And then I think the challenge, the real damning thing about that, Aaron, is that over time, that fear will create the wrong set of friends. It'll create, you'll, you'll attract people who like to be friends with someone who they can bulldoze over. They're going to be narcissistic. Like there's a reason why like people who are very dependent end up with people who are narcissistic. One person thinks of themselves as very awesome and the other person thinks of themselves as very shitty. One person thinks that I'm better than the rest of the world, and one person thinks that I'm less than the rest of the world. And then they get together, and it's a match made in heaven. Or hell. And so in your case, I think you're, you've taken a first and very important step today, which is just in realizing what you feel, recognizing one defense mechanism, which is your tendency to make excuses for other people. And when you stop doing that, Look at what comes up. And ultimately, your road to confidence is going to come that way. It's not making excuses for other people. It's bringing up all of those feelings, recognizing those moments where you feel powerless, and then forgiving yourself for them. Recognizing that you have worth in spite of your failure. 
And right now, all you see, you don't even see it, but subconsciously, the way that you think about yourself is that you're a failure because you promise to yourself. And this is something that we do, man. We make promises to ourselves when we feel weak that tomorrow I'm going to be stronger. We make a promise based on a fantasy. We make a promise based on a hope. We don't meet ourselves where we're at. We tell ourselves that we'll be better tomorrow. One day I'm going to climb that mountain. And then you wake up the next day and you look at the mountain. And every day that you tell yourself you're going to climb the mountain is a day that you don't take a step. Every day you tell yourself that I'm going to be better tomorrow creates a karma. It's a cause that creates effect. It's a seed that bears fruit of shame. Every time you promise yourself all you're signing up for is to feel less about yourself when you fail. And if you really want to feel better about yourself, swim in the sewer. Let those feelings come out. Acknowledge them for what they are. And recognize, as I think you're capable of doing, that like those moments don't define you as a person. That you are far more than those moments of weakness. And that there are moments of strength. There are moments of goodness. There's genuine caring. And while you may attract the wrong kind of friends, if ever you find a, a friend who treats you the way that you treat them, that's going to be wonderful. I, that you're I, capable of having amazing friendships. Uh, I have, a, and it's someone I definitely do re respect immensely. But a while ago, I know I mentioned I had said I had three, uh, three friends in elementary school. One of those friends is still probably one of my closest friends today. And it's I think it's because of that. I've been friends with them since like fourth grade or something like that. And I think it's just because I f feel like he didn't ever really care about like whatever kind of shield I was putting up or whatever, but really cared about me and let me be comfortable around him whatever yeah so that just, i just wanted to mention that because i can somewhat agree to that yeah so aaron just very concretely going forward one thing is if you want to learn meditation today i'm happy to teach you something second thing is that you know i think if you're a university student you may have some kind of counseling services available through your school i'd encourage you to at least consider those and the last thing is that I'd encourage you to sign up for coaching if, you know, if you feel like it. I don't think it really matters. You can start with one or the other. I'm not, you know, if you really want to work on depression or anxiety or something like that, um, then certainly a mental health provider is more appropriate. But if you want to work on what we did today, which is noticing things about yourself and uncovering a little bit more about who you are, then I think coaching is sufficient or you can do therapy. The last thing that I want to say is I know that a lot of people feel like, you know, you kind of mentioned some reservations around group, which is that like, oh, my issues, like it's my issues or their issues, right? It's like, I don't want to take time away from other people who have more important things than I do. I don't want to monopolize the time. Here's what people fundamentally don't get in group. Do you know why stream is successful, Aaron? Um, I How, think. Yeah. What's your, what's your understanding? 
Actually, I take that back. I actually don't really know. So like, let me put it another way, okay? So how can I have a conversation with one individual and why, why are other people even watching? We're talking about your issues. Because maybe some people can relate. Absolutely. So here's the wild thing. We all share the same issues. So the, the, the real thing is like, I, I wouldn't, I mean, whether you do group or individual or whatever, but like, I mean, someone in, in here was kind of saying, last mutiny said like, this guy's me. Like, this is me. Like he's, there's someone out there who's listening to you right now and is saying to themselves, this is me. You could be listening and they could be in the conversation and the result would be the same. And so don't worry about that stuff. Like, like share what you have to share and other people will learn from it. And whether it be friends or coaching or whatever, your Discord group, your gaming group, you know, do stuff together because you're not in this world alone. Aaron, you're an empathic guy. You're an emotional dude. And I don't mean that in a bad way. You're an no. understanding dude. You're a caring dude. You look at the best in people, sometimes to the fault of your, yourself. But I think you have the capacity within you to see the best in other people. That capacity, too, can work against you, can become maladaptive. But overall, I think you're a gift to any friendship. And let the friends you meet in the future be a gift to you. And if people, if your friends are going to abandon you, if they step out of line and you call them out on it, let them abandon you. You'll also find people who will be grateful and say, hey, thanks for pointing this out to me. I didn't realize I had that problem. Thanks for letting me know. I'm going to work on it. And by the way, thank you for improving every future relationship that I'll ever have because now I'm aware of this. Some of them will get butt hurt and will leave, which is fine. So like you want them to go. Because I don't want those kind of things. Some people abandoning you, you should send them a thank you card and flowers because that's the best thing that they could do for you. Thoughts, questions, meditation? Um, I'm not sure. I've got a whole lot of things in my head at the moment. Okay. I'm good to do meditation now. That's all right. Sure. Um, okay. Trying to think about what meditation can illustrate. Because I think you kind of did it all. I mean, you did something really good. There was that moment where you caught yourself about to defend and then you didn't give into it. And that's when I think you really sort of struck gold within yourself. So I'm trying to think about a meditation technique. To catch. The only things that are popping into my head are pretty trolly. So let me just <laughs> say, I think they're 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 really not going to be 
there's just no way that they're not going to get taken out of context. So I'm trying to think of just a particular way to notice a reaction within yourself and to not... So what's something... Okay, actually, I've got a good one. All right, so not trolling. Good. So I'm going to teach you something called um, kumbak and rechak. So kumbak means breath retention. Rechak sort of means breath retention too. But there are two kinds of ways that you can hold your breath, if that makes, this is going to sound kind of weird. But there are two points at which you can hold your breath. One is after inhalation and one is after exhalation. If you think about it, those are actually two different, both of them qualify as holding your breath, but they're actually like different. Does that make sense? Because one, you've got a lung full of air, one, you don't. So this is what I want you to do. We're going to do kumbak and rechak with um, about five seconds of inhalation and exhalation and five seconds of kumbak and five seconds of rechak. Generally speaking, breath retention practices are a little bit more advanced and also a little bit more dangerous. So if you have any negative reactions during kumbak or rechak practices, just stop and don't try to do them again. No big deal. With me? Yeah. Okay. So what we're going to do is breathe in for five seconds, hold for five seconds, breathe out for five seconds, and hold for five seconds. And what I want you to do, Aaron, is don't... So do the breath practice, but what I really want you to do is pay attention to the rising wave to not do some part of the practice. So as you breathe in, yawning is fantastic, actually. <laughs> so as you breathe in and you hold your breath, you're going to notice for the first second, you feel completely comfortable. And then as the seconds go on, you will start to feel a rising sense of discomfort. And then as you exhale, you will feel a sense of relief. And then as you hold your breath, you may feel rising discomfort. So what I want you to learn how to do is to pay attention to the rise and fall of discomfort within you, to notice it. Because what's, what, what you did today is as you're going about things, you're going to have certain feelings, and those feelings will evoke thoughts of wanting you to like defend other people. And if you defend other people, it's going to be like breathing out or breathing in. You'll feel this immense sense of relief. So I think a lot of people will, will get benef a benefit from um, learning how to tolerate and not give in to a rising sense of discomfort from within. We think about so many things, whether it's exercise, eating a vegetable that you don't like, going to class, thinking about going to class, and all of the escapes that we give ourselves, all of the defenses that we let ourselves engage in, that allow us to escape from discomfort. Good. Yawning is good. Yeah, sorry. I don't know I'm yawning a lot. <laughs> it's fine. Maybe you'll fall asleep, okay? So, all right. So sit up straight, eyes closed, and then begin the breathing practice. So in, two, three, four, five, Hold, two, three, four, five, out, two, three, four, five, and hold, 
two, three, four, five. In, two, three, four, five. Hold, two, three, four, five. Out, two, three, four, five. And hold, two, three, four, five. In, two, three, four, five. Hold, two, three, four, five. Out. Now continue breathing. Let yourself breathe comfortably for a moment. How does it feel to breathe normally? A little better. That was hard, isn't it? So just notice that. Notice that relief. Notice how difficult it is. Notice letting yourself go. Gonna tweak it a little bit. We're gonna do four seconds, okay? So okay. in two, three, four, hold two, three, four, out two, three, four, hold two, three, four, in two. Three, four, hold, two, three, four, out, two, three, four, and hold, two, three, four. Free breathing, eyes closed, let yourself relax. Now I want you to try to do anywhere between one and three rounds on your own. Let yourself come back. How do you feel? I kind of feel like a lot less panicked. I kind of feel more calm. Good. 
So we're here for man. So if you want to continue working on those feelings, those emotions and things like that, and you can return to this practice to let those feelings come up. Don't tank that aggro by giving people excuses. Just let, take that, take that DPS and then breathe through it. Then you'll heal yourself up. And you'll feel hopefully like you do now, which I imagine is a little bit tired, a little bit spent, a little bit calm. I do huh? feel tired. I do feel tired, actually. I was, yeah. I was yep. This is work. It's not just talking. It's work. You should treat it as such. Sometimes people, like, especially my patients, will be like, oh, hey, like, do you, can we meet like after hours or on the weekend? I'm like, no, man, this is work. It's part of your work day. You know, when you're off on a week of vacation, you don't come to therapy. Take a week off. It's work. It's not an indulgence. It's work. Good luck to you, man. Yeah. Thank you. Take care. You too.